Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. So I've probably been sitting in front of this microphone for 10 minutes now thinking (laughs) of how to start today's episode. And finally, I just said to myself, you got to get this ball rolling. So here we are. I don't know about you guys, but it's been a funky week for me. It's been a funky couple weeks for me. I think I even mentioned this in last week's podcast. And that's why I'm doing this series on dissociation, on some of the emotional roots to that. And I have to say this week, I feel like I had such a big epiphany in my Evox session related to dissociation. So if you are just joining in, I definitely recommend going back and listening to last week's episode because that was the start of this Evox series on this recurring pattern I have of dissociation. And so last week I was talking a lot about, I was addressing this idea, this limiting belief in my subconscious that the unknown is unsafe. And so when I'm stepping into something new, whether it's in my personal life, in my professional life, it's always unknown, right? Anytime we're trying to push ourselves to a new level, push ourselves to try something new, it's unknown. And I've noticed that I tend to have a dissociative stress response to that. That is my system's sort of default protective mechanism. And so in last week's episode, I was breaking down the deeper subconscious roots to why do I have this limiting belief that the unknown is unsafe? So definitely go check out that episode so you can kind of get the lowdown on that and be caught up to speed with where I'm going to be at this week. So this week in my Evox session, the topic I was addressing still related to dissociation was this idea that being present is hard and this is something i've thought about many times over the last few years is okay how much of this dissociation is physiological meaning i have this brain fog and i'm not totally present because of parasite infections mold toxicity heavy metals whatever some kind of physiological cause how much of this dissociation is an emotional response, like my body's trying to protect me from something, I'm afraid. And then how much of this is just that I've been dissociated, I've been sort of foggy and out of it for so long that now it's just a habit. Now it's just what my brain is, it's a place my brain is so used to being in that even when I'm feeling good and I'm alert, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's just easier to not be totally present. It's just easier to not be totally turned on. So those were some of the questions I started today's Evox episode with that I wanted to explore a little bit more. And honestly, so much frustration was coming up because, and this might be a recurring theme, I think I've said this in some of the recent episodes too, that I just feel so 
aggravated, so frustrated, like how many things am I going to have to overcome to get to where I want to be? It feels like it's just, I peel back the layer and one more thing comes up that I'm trying to fight through. And I think there's this inner sentiment of when are things just going to be easy and seamless? And I recognize that maybe that's just not life. Maybe I'm hoping for something that doesn't exist. But on the other hand, does life need to be such a struggle? Do I constantly need to be pushing through some kind of brain fog, pushing through some type of self-sabotaging pattern? And I really believe the answer to that is no. I don't think we need to live in those perpetual cycles. I mean, that's that's why I do what I do, because I really believe life can be full of so much more peace and ease and joy than we really believe possible. But for many of us, myself included, we've maybe been in a place of dis-ease. We've maybe been in a place of hopelessness, sadness, grief, frustration, self-sabotage for so long that that becomes the new normal. And so we almost stop trying to achieve something else because we don't really believe it exists. We don't really believe it's possible for us or we've been in this place for so long that we are dissociated from it. We don't even realize how bad it is because we've been in it for so long. And I have to say, if I'm being really honest with myself, I do think there's a part of me that isn't totally present, that is a little bit checked out because it is easier. I think I've seen over the years, even in the recent few weeks of my life when I'm interacting with friends or family or Omid, my husband, that I could be more tuned in. I could be really focused and listening to what they're saying and turning my brain on to be engaged, to respond to what they're saying with something thoughtful and intentional. And yet I sort of just choose or have chosen in moments to and I think unconsciously chosen to stay in that easier place of just being sort of half turned on. And they say something and I just kind of nod along or I go, "Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. And then once the interaction is over and I'm alone, I'm upset about it. I'm like, oh gosh, why wasn't I engaging more? Why didn't I make more of an effort in that encounter? And it doesn't feel good. But so I do think in those instances, Those are moments of being present was just going to take more effort. And I unconsciously chose to take the easier route of not totally tuning in and being present. And so I know that that's really just practice. That's really just bringing more intention into my moments with others and breaking that habit, honestly. I know I can be more present. I know I have that ability within me. So it's not a question of, do I know how to do this? I know I do. Now it's just, am I going to be willing to 
put in that extra effort to be more in tune with the conversation, to really listen, to really be thoughtful with my responses, etc. And I just have to say, it's such an icky feeling, at least for me, when, you know, I'm spending time with a friend and later on I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, why wasn't I more present? Or I, I'm having a conversation with Omid and same thing, or a family member and after the fact, I'm sitting there going, why wasn't I listening more? Why was I half there? What was I even thinking about that was more important than that time with them? And for me, it leaves such an icky feeling in my body of you really wasted that time. And I think I've been feeling over the last few weeks recently that I'm missing out on a lot of my life, that I'm wasting a lot of time with people not being present, that I'm wasting a lot of time with myself not being present. And that honestly makes me so, so sad. Truly, one of my biggest fears in life is getting to my deathbed and looking back over my life and being filled with regret that I didn't make just a little bit more effort to pursue the things I wanted to pursue, that I didn't make more effort to have deeper relationships. Basically that I kept choosing the easier route and because I did that, the easier or the safer route, that I let fear and comfort prevent me from pursuing so many things that I could have pursued. And, and that includes big dreams and career goals and professional goals so, and so much more. But it also includes relationships and the depth of connection I could have had with people. But I chose the easy route. I chose the comfortable route. I chose the safer route and I missed out on so, so much. That is honestly one of my biggest fears in life. And yet, I've kind of found myself in that place recently. And my heart just sinks. <laughs> when I look back over the last few weeks and feel that feeling of, wow, I've really missed out on a lot. And it's so funny because I do think I do think it's it's a case of we're our own worst critic, right? I think so many of my friends and family might be like, honestly, I didn't notice anything. And yet I can feel that I'm not being totally present and engaged with them. I know that I'm capable of so much more. I know that I'm capable of being so much more intentional. And so even if from the outside looking in, it seems like, wow, look at how much she's doing. Look at how active she is. Look at how engaged she is. I know that I can reach such a higher level and no one else is going to hold me to that standard except me. And so it's really time to step up into that a little bit. And, and you know, when I am being gracious with myself, I acknowledge, look, Leanne, you're in such a time of growth. It's okay to have periods where you're not 
performing at your peak, where you're not engaging at your peak, where you're not as present. But I think for me, the trouble is those down periods or those low periods can sometimes last for weeks. And I don't want to fall into that anymore. It's not that I can never, ever have those periods. It's just that when they start being prolonged periods that lead into weeks and maybe even months of being just kind of checked out and not fully on, that's when I start to go, God, what am I doing? I'm wasting so much time just hanging out in this place. And and I think where I've been these last few weeks is I've been in that place and I haven't been super intentional about getting out of it. And there's a big difference, right? It's not about denying ourselves. It's not about emotionally bypassing and going, no, 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 I'm not feeling down. Like I'm going to be productive. I'm going to be engaged. That's not what I'm saying. It's about going, tuning in, really acknowledging where I'm at. I am feeling down. I'm feeling sluggish. I'm feeling brain foggy. I'm feeling fatigued, whatever it is. Okay. I don't want to be in this place so long. So let me tune in with what I need to start doing or maybe what I need to stop doing to pull myself out of this place. What can I look into as to why might I be here? And then what can I do to help carry me out of here? And I have to say, if I'm being totally honest, I haven't been doing that these last maybe three, four weeks. I've just sort of been in the fog and been in the funk and just sort of stayed there without being really intentional about attuning to what's going on and what I can do to get out of that place. And so that is really what this Evox series on the dissociation is for. I think it's me finally going, okay, I'm sick of being in this place. I don't want to be in this place any longer. I need to really get attuned to what, to with what is going on, what might be some emotional root causes, I've been doing some bioenergetic testing to look at what are some of the physiological root causes and then just being more intentional with what I'm doing throughout my day, my morning routine, the things I'm doing to nourish my brain and my body to help pull me out of this funk. So after that whole spiel, I spent some time in the Evox session hashing all of that out. But it's funny because... What struck me is, and this is where the epiphany really came from, was I remembered a time, I remembered two really significant periods in my life. One was a time when I was, I think maybe 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that range, where I was having these weird heart problems that no one could seem to diagnose. And I actually called my mom after the Evox to ask her about it again, just to get some more clear details on it. And she was saying it was probably about a six month period where I was having these crazy heart palpitations, chest pain, and we were doing so many different imaging on the heart, tests on the heart, and we couldn't, no doctor could really figure out what was going on. There was never a clear diagnosis And I remember being so utterly fatigued that when I was in school, I could barely walk up the flight of stairs to get to my class. I mean, my heart would just start pounding. I would get lightheaded. 
I would, my eyes would black out. Like I wouldn't be able to see. It was so bad, but what struck me and what really clicked in my brain was you felt so sick during that time. And yet you still showed up for your life. You still got straight A's in school. You still were the captain on your soccer team and a starter in every game. You still were doing extra training sessions with your coach. You still were spending time with your friends, all these things. And then there was another period in college where I was playing collegiately for my university. I had a full class load of 18 units. Um, We were training four hours a day on top of that full class load, on top of homework, and I was utterly exhausted. And yet, same thing. I still got straight A's. I still was able to show up and get through a training session. And so what really struck me was like, Leanne, look at how sick you've been in the past. And yet, what a high level of performance and and not just performance but just like what a high level of showing up for your life you were able to maintain despite feeling so awful and look at how you are now today in your present life you do not feel as sick as you felt in some of those past experiences and yet you feel like you can barely get things done throughout the day So where's the disconnect? And so that was like something really clicked in my brain when I was thinking about that of, oh my gosh, it's felt, especially over these last few weeks, like, oh my God, I just can't get anything done. I feel like I'm going up against such a wall because I feel a little bit brain foggy. I feel a bit sluggish. I feel a bit tired. (laughs) And, And yet I don't feel anywhere as awful and as sick and depleted as I did during those two times in my life. So there's definitely a disconnect. Obviously, I know I can perform so much higher. I know I can show up so much more because I've done it before. So what's up? And I think something shifted in my subconscious at that point because over these last few weeks, it has really felt like I can't. I really can't do it. I can't do more. And it was, I would say, such a firm limiting belief in my subconscious. And after that EVOC session, something clicked in my mind of, no, you can. You can show up more. And yeah, maybe you don't feel great. Maybe you don't feel 100%. But you definitely don't feel as bad as you did in the past. And and yet you still were able to show up. So I know I can still show up more. And it was after thinking through that, that I actually had a releasing pattern, but I did a lot more processing after the Evox session. And I actually called my mom right after to ask her more about that time around 10, 11, 12 with the heart issues and get some clarity on that. And just as we were talking, I was, I think, verbally processing it all out with her a bit more. And another epiphany really struck me. And it was that during those periods in my life, 10, 11, 12, I was in junior high. I was getting really serious about soccer. My coaches were talking to me about playing in college. And I had really clear goals. 
And the same was true through high school and through university. I had really clear goals of, okay, I want to go to university. I want to go to the university I'd like, and I'd like to get academic scholarships. I'd like to get an athletic scholarship. So with those goals in mind, here's what I need to do to achieve that. And what struck me as I was talking that out with my mom is even though I had those periods where I felt so horrible, I had those goals in my sight and I wanted them so deeply that I was like, I am not going to let a single thing get in my way. I am not going to let this this physical issue, this heart issue hold me back and prevent me from getting that athletic scholarship, from getting that academic scholarship. And where the epiphany came for me was, even though I do have very clear goals and dreams in my mind now, I think the big difference between the past and now was that the goals when I was a you know, in junior high and high school seemed so achievable. I 100% believed I could achieve them if I did X, Y, and Z. Whereas now the dreams and the goals that I have, I think sometimes can feel so lofty and they're things that maybe not a lot of people get to do that they don't feel real. And what I realized is that So much of the time, it feels like I'm chasing ghosts. It feels like I'm pushing for something that maybe doesn't exist. At least maybe doesn't exist for me. And and that was a huge, huge epiphany for me of like, whoa, maybe that's why when I have days like this where I'm feeling down, where I'm not feeling great, there's a part of my subconscious that goes like, what's the point? What's the point of pushing through this if the thing we're pushing for isn't even real. If the thing we're trying to achieve might not even happen. And it's so funny just as I'm thinking through it because when I was in junior high, when I was in high school, there was no guarantee that I was going to get an athletic scholarship. There was no guarantee that I was going to get an academic scholarship. And yet I pursued those things and, and I pursued the tasks that were going to get me those things with such vigor as if, I don't know, it it just seems so much more real to me. And the reality is, I don't know that it's that much different from now in the sense that there's no guarantee I'll, you know, some of the goals I have is I love to write a book. I've always wanted to be a writer. I love to go on speaking tours and really speak to people on a broader level and and so, so many other things and on the one hand there's a part of me that goes there's really no reason you can't achieve those things but on the other hand there's a very real possibility that those things might never happen and so but there's some kind of disconnect where now versus when i was younger because those things seem kind of hazy and unreal, my motivation is wavering so much and it's hard to keep myself motivated because because of that. And I wonder too, I think this might be something that all young adults experience when they're out of the school system, is there's really no one pushing you anymore. There's not a lot of external motivation. Now, of course, if you've got a job, if you've got a corporate job, there's 
there's deadlines, there's goals you're trying to meet, but really like no one's pushing you that hard. It's all on you. And you're not getting a lot of external validation, a lot of instant gratification. Whereas through our youth, we're in school. And if we work hard, we get an A the next week. If we, you know, if I work hard at soccer, I'd be a starter at the game on Saturday. There was a lot more external validation we were getting, external encouragement, approval, and a lot more, a lot quicker turnaround with the gratification of, oh, I studied for this quiz this week and boom, I got an A on the test. Like the turnaround is really quick. Whereas I think in our adult life, we don't get that as much. And maybe I'm in a bit of an adjustment period with that, although I've been out of school for some time now. (laughs) But I was talking about that with my mom as well. I think especially owning my own business and trying to build it, 95% of what I do doesn't have any kind of instant gratification. I was telling my mom, really the only instant gratification I get is when I'm actually in an Evox session with a client because I'm seeing how much it's helping them. I'm seeing the change, the epiphanies they're having, the peace that they're walking out of my office with. And that is like such a hit of gratification and fulfillment of, oh, yes, what I'm doing matters. What I'm doing is impactful. But everything else is really just like putting money in the bank and hoping that somewhere down the line, it's going to be worth it. It's going to manifest into something. And I think... I think I'm finding that really, really hard. (laughs) So I don't know exactly what the solution to that is. I think a part of it is building more of a community around me of people who can speak into my life and give me some encouragement and give me more support, especially with the business. And I'm so grateful that I'm meeting more female entrepreneurs who are in a a similar boat, but fostering more conversations around that with them and saying, hey, I'm having a really hard time with this. How did you get through this? Or are you struggling with this too? How can we support each other? How can we give each other that little boost? I love, it's so funny because I love community so much and I love creating community. I love creating bubbles of support for others. And yet I don't focus on doing that for myself as much. So I know that's a really tangible takeaway that I can start to implement right away to start helping with a little bit of this. And then going back to what I was talking about earlier, another takeaway is I can also begin to make more effort and be more intentional about being present when I'm interacting with others, being present as I'm going through, doing all the different tasks I need to do for my workday. Even as I'm sharing this, a fear is coming up that my clients who tune into the podcast are gonna go, oh gosh, she's not being present with us. What I wanna say is in Evox sessions with clients, I am so intentional about showing up for them, about creating a safe space. And that truly is 
one of the times in my life where I am, because it's not about me, it's about them and helping them break through something, clear something, heal something that has been hurt for so many years. And I look at that as such an honor that I do not take lightly. It's such a privilege to be able to support people in that way, to be able to hear their stories, be a part of their healing journey. And so I do not take that lightly. And I am so intentional about showing up 110% for them. So I just wanted to say that in case any Evox clients are going, oh gosh, I wonder if she's checking out during Evox sessions. Absolutely not. I'm so, so intentional about that. But outside of Evox clients, when I'm interacting with friends and family, when I'm on the computer doing something for work, I need to just start working that being present muscle. (laughs) There's probably a more eloquent way to describe it, but it really is like a muscle that if, if I stop using it, it's going to atrophy. And so when I think about it in that way, it's like, okay, yeah, it feels hard. It feels like I don't have as much endurance with being present with others, with being present with myself. But if I can start to be consistent with it, I'm gonna start to grow that muscle again. So thank you everyone for showing up. Thanks for listening to these. It's so fun to see the downloads each episode are getting and and to see, especially over these last few months, how those have been continuing to increase. Still, I just sometimes feel so baffled that anyone might be interested in anything I have to say, but truthfully, just like it's such an honor for me to be able to hold space and show up so that my clients feel safe to speak their hearts, to speak what what they've been wounded with, what they're trying to heal. For me, this podcast is becoming more and more of a safe place for me to do that as well. And so whether you see it this way or not, you guys are all part of my safe space. You guys are part of a community where I do get to come and share my heart and share what I'm working through and feel safe in doing that. And I want to make this even more of a community where we can be even more engaged and connected with each other. And I'm definitely playing with some things in my mind of what would feel so uplifting and expansive and aligned. And I hope to be sharing some of those things with you guys soon. But I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for holding space for me and I hope to be able to return the favor for all of you as well. So with that, until next week, I have such an exciting episode coming to you all on Tuesday. It's with Dr. Galit Atlas. She's the author of Emotional Inheritance and it's a book on intergenerational trauma, how emotions, thoughts and trauma can be passed on from generation to generation. I've talked about her book a lot. I've shared it with many clients, friends on social media. I am such a huge fan of hers. This topic is so fascinating to me. 
And I have just been absolutely giddy for you all to be able to hear this interview with her. So definitely tune in on Tuesday. I cannot wait for you guys to learn from her, to get connected with her. So everyone, have an amazing weekend.